a good old show before the show type of day today. It was a good show before the show. It was. We should have recorded it and did something with it. That's my partner, Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. Before we opened and started recording, we are sitting here shooting the breeze and just, I mean, laughing, talking. Mm -hmm. Will figures out that I was the most annoying cat that there was in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Teacher's worst nightmare, class clown. Might be laugh. This might be one of those Andy Bernard, like, I wish, I you know, you're in the good old days before you realize, whatever, whatever that quote is, that was probably a good old days moment right there. Yeah. Once we're graduated, we'll be like, dang, we missed that. Yep. You know? Just shooting the breeze before mm-hmm. the show. Pew, 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 to the show. It's a great way to, to start the, the show today. Breeze. Real sad. Yeah. <laughs> way to just, I mean, way to take my happy <laughs> intro and just spin it into our lives are only descending. Yep. Into well, darkness. just starting. Thanks, Will. Yeah, we'll <laughs> spin it. We'll spin it in a good. At Will is five three one two on Twitter. That is him. Yeah, Will McCormick. That's our show. G. And that's all we got. Do have some things to get into. First off, tomorrow I mentioned this on Tuesday show. Tomorrow, SNC talks. Your boy Tony G is going to be up on a stage speaking. There'll be a one. YouTube video. I'll upload it to my website afterwards. Talking about alcohol. Speaking of videos up on the website, I do have a new video. Uploaded to the website already. My basketball demo tape is all done. Put Let's up go. there. I'm there's I'm just waiting on baseball and softball, mm-hmm. which is going to come this spring. And then once that is done, once I graduate, I'll put together a video of all of them. You know, it'll be like a 16, 20 minute video of just all the sports you can listen. But right now, individually, football is up there. Basketball is up there because basketball season just concluded here on St. Norbert College. So that is my broadcasting demo tape. Basketball is up on the website at TonyGNation.com slash demo. Check it out. Next week, we're getting back into the groove of Tony G Show interviews. Remember in February, we had AJ Aitken, we had Dan Lucas, we had Mike Pant for the second time. March, we're going to get going. Here's the thing, though. We have spring break here on St. Norbert College campus, so Will and I will not do a show. What week is that? The week of the 14th and the 18th. Mm-hmm. Those dates would be the 15th and the 17th. The 15th and the 17th, there will be no Tony G show. So how the, the reason I'm saying that is to, one, let you know that we're not going to have two shows coming up this month like we would like normal. But I'm going to split the March series of interviews into before spring break and after spring break. So Mike Walrick is going to be our guest before spring break. I'm going to have him. We're going to do that interview next week. It'll release on Wednesday. Uh, the Tony G Show interviews Mike Walrick. He is the baseball coach of St. Norbert College. And then someone else. I, I'm in the works of reaching out to this person, that person, setting up a date. So after spring break, I'll release that once we get closer to that date. But just wanted to advertise Mike Walrick, the interview with the St. Norbert College baseball coach who recruited me and who in large part is some of the reasons, the big reason why I came to St. Norbert College. So it'll so, be a fun one. It's almost ironic because I came here to play baseball. Mm-hmm did for a semester in the fall and then never played baseball <laughs> again <laughs> pursued this broadcasting thing and mm-hmm. look here we are at the tony g show and i'm about ready to graduate from st norbert college which i never would have win here if it wasn't for baseball which i stopped playing you got all that i got it i wrote weird, it down weird how life works as for today's show it's our 10th episode mm-hmm. pretty cool stuff of our eighth and final season what are we talking about today you ask well it's a good question first we're going to talk Deshaun Watson, NFL. I figured I'm finally going to get to this. This is one of those topics. I said it at the start of the season. There are a bunch of topics that I have opinions about, but we weren't in season. It was winter break. It was in between seasons. We weren't 
you know, I didn't have a platform to talk about it. I'm finally going to get to all of that now because I, I'm ready. I feel like I've done some research on it. I feel like I know what I'm talking about. And I feel like I can figure out Deshaun Watson's future. So that'll be the first segment. In the second segment, we will revisit the MLB lockout. You know, and it's getting, I said it on Tuesday's show, this isn't Rob Manfred's fault, the commissioner of baseball, because his job is to protect the owner, so he's doing that. Dude, he's under fire, though. But it is hard to stay on his side in all of this. He, he really just makes himself the most antagonistic person that there is. I'll talk about that in the second segment. The third segment, Wisconsin Sports Highlight. You ready for this, Will? Mm-hmm. Big Ten champions. Let's go. Wisconsin Badgers beating Purdue on Tuesday night. What a game that was. What a call by Matt LePay and Jason Benetti as well. So we are going to be talking about, and of course, I, I bring the, the broadcasting side of it in. But yeah. That's what we're going to talk about today. Deshaun Watson, MLB lockout, Wisconsin Badgers. Any rebuttal from you, Will? No. I'm ready. Let's get into it. You're lucky. You're lucky there's no rebuttal or else. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about the Badgers, man. It's going to be fun. I know. We got a good show planned for today. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. This is the Tony G Show. You are listening to the eighth and final season of the Tony G Show. Eight seasons of laughs, memories, and sports are coming to an end. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Check out more from Tony G at TonyGNation.com. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's your host, Tony G. At Tony G Nation on Twitter, at Willis5312 on Twitter, Augustus Media Instagram. Mm-hmm. Tony Giordano on Instagram. I'm not gonna lie, I had a lot of, uh, had a great deal of temptation to cut you off when you started again, but I didn't. <laughs> you love doing that. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're honest about it. Ruins your flow. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Yeah. I know how much yeah. you love that. Yeah, that's just that's actually why I got into broadcasting so mm-hmm. that people could step in, cut you and, off, and yeah, yep. Best part. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? The fact that you haven't been fired yet mm-hmm. is astonishing. It's crazy. Like it blows my brain. It kind of like makes you wonder what will it take for me to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> what will it take for me to finally look at you and say, "Will, stop showing up to recordings of the Tony G Show." Let's not find out. No, that's not. We only got. If you count this one, we only got sixteen episodes left. Let's stop counting down, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. You talk about getting sad. That's going to be sad. Let's figure out Deshaun Watson's future. He was the quarterback who won a national championship with Clemson, got drafted by the Houston Texans, had a pretty good start to his career out in Houston as the quarterback leading the team, got him to a playoff. I believe they lost to, uh, who did they lose that year? Buffalo? I think it was 2018, 2019. It's a long time ago. Yeah, it is. It was it a is. long time Deshaun ago. Deshaun Watson's not a young guy anymore. No. I mean, it just seems like yesterday that this guy came into the league and you're like, this guy is one of the young, up-and-coming stars. And you start to group him in with names like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. And it's like, Which he, he was he's in not that. that young anymore. Yeah, he was in that discussion, really. Yeah, and he grew out of it for multiple reasons. One, he's getting older. Two, he hasn't played in a while because he's... Sitting out for the Houston Texans, doesn't want to play for that organization anymore, wants to be traded, but the Texans will not trade him. And three, oh yeah, all the sexual misconduct things that he has compiling his resume mm-hmm. and clogging his way towards a successful NFL career. We're going to dive into all of that today and describe what I think the best route for Deshaun Watson to go in for the rest of his future in the NFL is. 
So let's set the table. He still has these 22 pending cases and lawsuits of sexual misconduct or inappropriate behavior. Let's get that out of the way now. That's a lot. It, exactly. It's, and I'm not, I'm not trying to devalue Mm-mm. like someone who has one case or two case. Right. But like 22 cases. 22 of them. Oh my goodness. Like, Control yourself. It's getting to the point where, because these are pending cases. Yeah. You know, and people yep, are all like, of them oh, are still pending. All pending. 22. But there's 22 of them. Yeah. Like, that's a bit more than one or two. And, I mean, the fact that they're still pending says something, too. I mean, you could spin it one way. Like, oh, they're still pending, so you can't really call them guilty yet. And in this country, you can't. You're right. innocent until proven guilty. But at the same case, it's like... There's some information. If to it's take been care. around this long, how has these how have these cases not been dismissed? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right? So I mean, I'm not speculating yeah. anything. I don't know anything about. We'll leave it. What as Deshaun it is. Watson did or actually didn't. There are videos that exist of some of his behavior mm-hmm. that circled around social media when all of this came out. I'm just gonna say that it wasn't anything explicit that he could get in trouble for, but it was. Something where it was like, this dude behaves walking, in a different way. Kind of you know? walking the line a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Almost, you know, making, I don't want to get too into it because I mean, yeah, it's a PG just... show, but it's like making, yeah. Ah, we'll leave it. it. We'll leave it. It will leave it, but it's a fact. let's get the elephant out. There. I mean, it's the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about it. It's mm-hmm. part of what is keeping him so clogged up from having the successful NFL career. All of these cases, all 22 pending cases are still unsettled he still could have what that means is he could still have legal and football suspensions or penalties to deal with so i want to make that clear now which because i'm going to say i'm going to suggest two or three teams that i could see him playing for but keep in mind he still has penalties that he might have to serve if he is proven guilty either a, from a legal standpoint or a league standpoint yeah and that's a massive risk too it when, is. When, and i know we're going to get into it but just the potential baggage that comes with him, that's something that teams have to consider. You know, and here's one of the things. So this is the whole situation. I just said it a moment ago, but just more clearly. He plays for the Houston Texans. He no longer wants to play for the Houston Texans. He wants to be traded. The Texans have him under control. So the Texans can say, we're not trading you. You're not going to a different organization. You're not. We're not going to cut you, and you're going to try free agency. You are a Houston Texan. You signed this extension to stay here out of your rookie deal, and you are going to play for this organization. The Texans are showing their hand. I mean, they're, they're pretty much saying, either play for us or you're going to sit out and lose millions and millions of dollars, and that's what Deshaun Watson did last year. He didn't play a single snap in the NFL because he's sitting out. He is voluntarily taking a stand against playing for the Houston Texans. Now, there's a couple of reasons. You could say that the Texans don't want to trade him. That's right. But even if the Texans did, there are multiple reasons as for why a, tra- a team should not trade for Deshaun Watson. One of those reasons are these 22 unsettled pending cases that we've seen guys like Antonio Brown pay his way out of, you know, settle out of court for $2 million or something like that. So that could still be an option. But we've also seen guys get put in the clink for some some of these stuff. Yes. Some of this stuff. Darren Sharper is a name that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Rightfully deserved every year that he got of his yep. indictment. But it just goes to show that both options are on the table here. If indeed he is guilty, of course. If mm-hmm. he's in, uh, indicted as guilty. Another reason why teams don't want to pay for him, Will, 
is because Deshaun Watson is owed from the Houston Texan contract that a team trading for him would have to assume Deshaun Watson is owed over $40 million in cap hit for 2022 and 2023. So 40 each? For each year. Over 40 this year, over 40 next year. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So when you think about it, you might think to yourself, well, who has that type of space on their roster to add to Sean Watson? And, you know, I'm going to get into that in a second. I'm going to. Another situation that could come of this is if Deshaun Watson gets traded, say the Houston Texans put together a deal with one of these teams and they take him, part of the deal could be that the Texans have to eat some of that cap. So say they eat away 10, 15 million. Now the other team only ha- that's getting Deshaun Watson only has to pay him 25, 30 million a year. So that could be a possibility. But you see why Deshaun Watson hasn't been traded? Oh, yeah. One, the Texans want him to play there. And two, the Texans don't want to pay that money. No. Well, the Texans don't want to have to pay for a player that, to play for someone else. And I really don't think with that price tag, the baggage that's associated just seems too much of a risk. Yeah. If, if he were maybe $3 million a year, $4 million a year, it's like a team can take a chance. Even like 10 Right. Then it's more reasonable. But yeah. 40 is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's, it's, it's a no good deal. change. Yeah, yeah, it's a good deal of cap space for a lot of these teams that you're going to list. Yep. The reason why I bring up Deshaun Watson in talking about potential teams that I could see him playing for and moving on and finding himself moving to a different city, a different market to play for a different team and quarterback a different roster. The reason that I bring all this up today, like I said, I've done research on it. I feel like I'm confident talking about everything going on. But news yesterday from the NFL Combine said that the Miami Dolphins are officially out on Deshaun Watson talks. And there was a lot of talks. Every time for the last year, ever since this whole Deshaun Watson thing has come about, I just kind of dismiss whatever rumors there are, because I feel like there's no merit to him. Right. The Houston Texans have said they will not trade Deshaun Watson. They feel they've made front office changes. They've made head coaching changes. Lovey Smith is the head coach there now. So they've changed a lot of that organization. And they have said with every change, because they've had to, they've been asked about it, they have said with every change, we are doing this to build around Deshaun Watson as our quarterback. He's not going anywhere. So that's why I just kind of dismiss things. Mm-hmm. But maybe there was some reality to it. Maybe there was some actually valid- some actual validity to the fact that Deshaun Watson was linked to the Miami Dolphins. Because yesterday at the NFL Combine, like I said, the Miami Dolphins are officially out. They're done. They want nothing to do with Watson. Tua Tungavailoa is their guy moving forward. And this isn't the Dolphins' discussion, so I won't get into the whole Tua Tungavailoa thing, Mm -hmm. if he's going to work out, if he's too injury-prone to work out in Miami. This isn't a Dolphins' discussion. This is a Watson and Texans' discussion. So if the Dolphins are out on him, that's an important point that I'm going to bring up in a moment. So remember that the Dolphins are out on him. But who else is in on Deshaun Watson? Well, he was reportedly linked to the Jets in the past, which I could see, you know, the Drafted Zach Wilson, who might not be the stud everybody thought that he would be. He had a very turnover-prone season last year. At over 20 interceptions. I mean, like, he was really struggling. Yeah. Not to mention that he got injured. So then, you know, it would only make sense for the Jets to go out and add a quarterback piece. Mm-hmm. Another team that people have speculated on, I don't think there's ever been really merit to this, is Seattle. Well, here's the thing. 
the Seahawks came out a few weeks ago, and they've said this before, but this time it almost seems kind of real that, you know, Russ is in on it. <laughs> it seems kind of real. It seems kind of real. You just never know because yeah. teams oh, say yeah. all the time, what are, what are teams going to say? Yeah, we don't know if he's going to come back. Well, then, right. you know, you're just asking. That's a suicidal mission in terms of media coverage. I mean, <laughs> Has a team ever really come out and, like, Green Bay's never going to say whether or not they're – they're always going to say, of course we want Rodgers here. Exactly. Because exactly. what team's going to go out and say, no, we don't want him? Yeah, what t- what team is going to come out there and say, you know, we uh, we would like to sh- we would like Russell Wilson to come back and play for us, but uh, we don't think that's going to happen. So we'll see. I'll get, yeah. ba- I'll get back to you <laughs> right. in two weeks. Right, that just doesn't happen. So of no. course, but it, it seems like it's kind of real. You know, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson hasn't cleaned his social media of Seahawks stuff like Kyler Murray did with the Cardinals, and even Kyler Murray staying with the Cardinals after that. So I think it's real that Russell will play in Seattle next year. So the Seahawks are out. So who does that leave? Where are potential landing spots? And I thought, should I go 3-2-1 in order? I'm just going to go 1-2-3 and three in order. Most likely, second likely, and then third likely that I see. And then any other teams I think are worth mentioning. Number one, I really could see Deshaun Watson playing for Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Couldn't you just see Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson as a Steeler? I think that's a real outcome that we could potentially have here. Yeah, I feel like in terms of... Um, character, that's probably the best match between all the teams you have listed. Yes. Just the, like team character and just like how like that team would hypothetically fit together. I yep. feel like Pittsburgh is probably going to be the best. When you think about the Steelers, they're a pass-heavy team. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since Le'Veon Bell left and they didn't pay him, and so he sat out, they've gone to James Conner and they've gone to these other guys to try to fill that running void. But with Big Ben, they knew they were a pass-happy team. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, yeah, you know, even guys. I remember Martavius Martavis Bryant from years back where he had like a really good one, two-year stretch. The Steelers are a pass-happy organization, Mm -hmm. especially under Mike Tomlin. That's just what they always have been. What was the play that won them that Super Bowl against the Cardinals? Right. It was that heck of a throw, end zone. Toe drag. Toe drag swag, and they got got a ring for it Mm -hmm. they've been a pass happy team that's where they've got their rings that's where they have their success so Deshaun Watson shifting to an organization that has had success now it's not like the Texans where they're pass happy they've had guys like Hopkins and uh, you know insert whatever name here for wide receivers that they've had in the past I'm blanking you know right that that's not the very best host thing to do right oh oh, uh, uh, Andre Johnson yeah Andre Johnson from years ago it's not the same thing because the Steelers have actually been successful at throwing the football. Yes. They've won conference titles. They've won their division. They've won Super Bowls passing the football. Mm-hmm. So Deshaun Watson filling in for Ben Roethlisberger, who just retired, makes the most sense to me. It'd be interesting, too, the dynamic that he would bring to that team because yeah. Pittsburgh has classically not been a, a type of offense to be nervous about uh, quarterback keepers. That's right. It would add it. It would really change that whole team. It's not been a very run-pass option type of thing. No. Big Ben has always stay in the pocket. Yep. He's been beat up for it over his career, but he's not mobile. Right. And, that's and, what Deshaun and, Watson would bring to the table. Exactly. And Watson's still a really good thrower of the football. Like, yeah. he can bring that as well. So it would, it would be an interesting mix. But I feel like in terms of personality, it'd be a good match. What's the other thing that matters here, Will? Money. Yeah. The Steelers... So if this trade were to happen and, and Watson gets traded from Houston to Pittsburgh, what would end up happening here is that situation that I mentioned a few minutes ago, the Texans would have to eat some of the money that they owed Deshaun Watson because the Steelers have $29 million open in their cap space. 
So they'd have to get that somewhere mm-hmm. in between 20 and $25 million per year for Deshaun, and that means that the Texans would have to eat up $15, 30000000 for a year, two right. years. So, I mean, this money aspect, Deshaun's going to have to take a pay cut or get paid from a team. I mean, I just don't see any real end to it, but I'm going to continue with, with some teams. Yeah, good point. I'm going to add with some teams that I think he could really end up playing for. Carolina Panthers, I think, are the second most likely team here. The Denver Broncos, I have third. I'm going to mention that now because I don't want you to think, why aren't you mentioning the Broncos? I have them third, but here's why I have Carolina in that second spot, because they're a rebuilding team that needs better quarterback play. If you think about uh, Sam Darnold getting injured, you know, they were good for the first couple of games. I think they started 3-0 and under Darnold until he got injured. And then they had to shift around different quarterbacks, and then things really fell apart for him. And then they went and re-signed Cam Newton. And now the quarterback situation for next year in Carolina is just a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, under Matt Rule. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Rule, but I, I'm not out on him yet. A lot of people are saying that there's a chance Matt Rule could be hitting the brick sometime soon in Carolina. I don't know that I see that right now. I think there's a chance he sticks around for the next two, three years and makes that somewhat of a successful organization where at least they compete for a division title every year. But at the same time, they got to figure out what they're, what they're yeah. doing at quarterback because they're right te- now it's not working. Yeah, they're a team that's just missing a few pieces and uh, sadly is just cursed by injury. Yeah. Really. You, you put a decent quarterback in, in Carolina, a healthy Christian McCaffrey, a defense that's somewhat capable. I mean, losing Luke Keekley years back really hurt them in terms of their competitiveness. Well, it's like that the situation. I say it on the Tony G Show time and time again. I said it about J.J. Watt last episode, and I'm going to say it about Christian McCaffrey. He's never going to play 16, 17 games in a season in his Mm -hmm. career again. I hope he does. It'd be good for the game of football. It'd be good for him. I'm not saying I don't want to see that. I'm not saying I don't believe in him, but come on. Realistically now, when running backs get injured like that or when any player gets injured like that, the chances that they play a full 16, 17 game season just go out the window. Mm-hmm. Look at Derrick Henry now. I bet he'll never be the same. I'm not saying I don't want that. I'd love that. That's just the reality of it's just the reality. <laughs> of it. That's the human body. It's hard. You get hurt. It's hard to come back from those things. So, what's the other part that matters here? Money. Mm-hmm. It's the moolah. Carolina Panthers have the 17th most, or I suppose if you think about it this way, have the what's 32 minus 17. Getting out the calculator, <laughs> Will, as I'm relying on the math guy. The triple fifteen. Mate, Jeez. 15. I, should, I could do that in my head. Why you, didn't I do that? Have, yeah. So, or the fifteenth worst amount of cap space, depending on how you look at it. Glass mm-hmm. half full, glass half empty. Fifteen million dollars free this year in cap space. Deshaun Watson's going to cost forty. So that means the Texans would have to eat about thirty million dollars to get him to Carolina. Don't know if that's going to happen. See, like these are my top three options, and I don't see any one of them really happening because of the money aspect. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. The Denver Broncos at number three, they're a team looking for a quarterback very much in the same type of rebuilding mode that Carolina's in. Just need better quarterback play. I like Drew Locke. Don't know if he's going to win him a Super Bowl. Don't know if he's going to win him a division. Same thing with Teddy Bridgewater. There have been links to Aaron Rodgers heading there, playing for Nathaniel Hackett. Don't know if I see that either. So what is the solution in Denver? Is it to pick up Deshaun Watson? Here's the thing. They ha- they're they another team with young wide receivers, mm-hmm. and you bring in money. They have $39 million in cap space free. So that means that you're they got trying to pitch this to, to Houston as if you only have to eat about 2 or $3 million to get them here. 
And granted, that would take up all of their cap space. They'd like a little wiggle room. So you're yeah. talking maybe five to eight million dollars that Houston would have to eat up, and then he'd be a Denver Bronco. Part of the problem with Watson, and I don't know, maybe there's not much more to say on it, but the fact that he hasn't played in so long, yeah. paired with the baggage that comes with him, potential baggage, and the size of his contract just makes it so much of a gamble for a team. Yeah. It really, I mean, to pay $40 million a year for a guy that hasn't played in a while, it's hard to say, because he's a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. Yeah, he is. But is he worth that much money if you pay it? And his play has diminished significantly because he's not playing at that level anymore. You see, there's it's an interesting dynamic because, yeah, he hasn't played in a while, and that does do something. I mean, you need in-game reps. Oh, it's you just need it. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, his argument would be, well, he's staying in shape. You know, he's a professional yep. athlete. It's not like he's going to sit out and oh my gosh, what am I going to do financially? You know, I mean, he's good. Mm-hmm. He he has time and money in his favor that he can work out. He can stay in shape. He doesn't have to go get a nine to five job at a bank somewhere or something like that. He can consistently keep his athleticism up to date, but right. those in-game reps are just never going to be the same and that's, until yeah. he gets back into the groove. To, to an organization that's rebuilding, to me, Teddy Bridgewater is more valuable just because I know last year he could do this. Here's what I can see he can improve on. This is what he's improving on. Whereas with Deshaun Watson, it's like, this is what he did two years ago, and he's working in the offseason. That's great, but just like you said, those in-game experiences, it's really what's going to, you know, it's what makes superstars. Superstars aren't made in the offseason. You make plays in, in in the regular season in playoffs, that's where players are born. That's how names are, you know, that's how names are made. You're not going to, you're not going to be a superstar sitting out a year. That's a hot take. I like your backup for it, though. That's a hot take that you'd rather value uh, Bridgewater higher than Watson, but I like your backup for it. And I, again, yeah, and I mean, again, I I think Watson's a great quarterback. Yeah. He's a really good quarterback. He is. At the same plays, time, yeah. is a quarterback that plays last year to me is more valuable. He literally sat out. He did nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, well, well, I mean, you know, you have to see where his ability is when he decides to put exactly. the pads back on. Too. And I hate to say it, but I feel like this is Watson's career. If he doesn't play this year, he's done. Mm-hmm. I don't see him playing again. It's I really almost don't. like the Mike Vick thing. I mean, what happens when yep. you... We could be looking at the next Michael Vick here. Literally. Where he takes that three, four-year hiatus mm-hmm. to serve his penalties, to serve his dues for what he did wrong in the past, and now get back to playing football. We could be looking at the next Michael Vick here. I, I like that. And it's all... In, in this scenario, I mean, Watson just decided he didn't want to play. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, that's another thing. When you're looking at organization, it's like, do I want a guy who's going to decide he wants out and then sit out all year? Do I really want to bring that kind of character out on yeah. my team? Well, I mean, the part of the reason that Deshaun is sitting out is because he wants that trade. He doesn't want to play for Houston. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's a backwards organization, and he could be right, but he's right. under contract to play for him. Mm-hmm. So I guess there is a character issue there too, but not to mention the 22 sexual misconduct cases that are still there. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you want to talk about character. There you go. You Let's see how this pans out too. Okay, back to the money and playing stuff for Deshaun Watson before we wrap up this discussion. Remember, he's owed over $40 million for next year and then a year after. So he's owed about $80 million in two years. Over that, if you include all the change that he gets. There are only four teams, four teams in the NFL that currently have a cap situation that favors 
them if they pick up a $40 million salary. One of them, the number one team in the NFL with cap space, is the Miami Dolphins at $61 million open in their cap room. The Miami Dolphins came out yesterday, sparked this conversation on the Tony G Show. They're out on Deshaun Watson. They don't want him. So that takes the Dolphins out of it. One of them, The next one is the Chargers. They have a quarterback in Herbert, $57 million. The next is the Jaguars, $56 million. They have Lawrence, whether they're married to him or not after mm-hmm. the last year. And then the fourth team is the Bengals at $48 million. They have Burrow. They just went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So none of those teams need a quarterback, but they're right. the only teams that have $40 million plus open for cap space. The fifth team, the fifth most cap space open is the Denver Broncos with $39 million. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is with those top four teams, they're all, they all have their prospective quarterback of the future right Exactly. Now. They're not going to go out and try this. Yep. They're not. There have been talk about the Dolphins doing it, but they're committed to Tua. The Jaguars, I mean, you know, I don't think Deshaun would want to be traded from Houston to play for Jacksonville. <laughs> That's kind of like being traded from a Dollar General to a Dollar Tree mm-hmm. yeah. when you want to be traded up dollar to, general, yeah, yeah. to Target. I mean, it's like the same thing, you know right. what I mean? Maybe we'll see like a revolutionary dual quarterback system. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got I two like quarterbacks that. out there, you don't know where the snap's going. Yeah. Have them wear the same numbers, similar numbers. And we're on a sports podcast, and I talk about that. (laughs) Thanks, Will, for your input. Yeah, really insightful stuff here. I mean, so here's the deal. Just to kind of wrap this all together, I think that there are possibilities where he could go and money could be made. I just don't see any of them happening. The Mm -hmm. Steelers would have to give up the rest of their cap space for it to work. And why not, you know, if you're these teams that are rebuilding, why not draft a quarterback? It's not the quarterback-heavy draft right now, but if you think about it, you know, give it a year, draft someone you like or, or you know, whatever. If you decide to build with a younger guy, because Deshaun Watson, like we said at the top of this segment, is no longer that young. So it's interesting to see how this plays out. I don't know that it that it gets resolved anytime soon. I, again, I'll reiterate, he sits out another year, his career's done. He is done. I don't see it happening. Interesting take from Will McCormick. Let us know what you think. At Willis5312 on Twitter. At Tony G Nation on Twitter. There's a place for you to contact us on the Tony G Nation website, TonyGNation.com. You can hit up contact. Boom, send me a message. That is our first segment. Now, let's visit the second segment where I'm going to get all worked up. I'm going to start screaming at this microphone. I'm going to start screaming at Will McCormick. The people in the hallway of Tony G Studios are going to be like, what's going on in Tony G Studios? Because I'm going to start screaming. Let's revisit the MLB lockout. Last time we talked, this didn't happen. This this broke just last time uh, after we closed our last show, the ninth season. This is the, or the ninth episode. This is the tenth episode. So in between this episode and last episode, this happened is what I'm trying to say. I'm getting so worked up already that I can't even speak. <laughs> The MLB and MLBPA did not reach their deal before the deadline opening day is going to be pushed back. A regular season in Major League Baseball is 162 games. I have to say, we called this, didn't we? I think we did. I think we said there's no way they reach a deal. Yep. The maximum amount of games that can be played now are 156, and it's only going to diminish day by day before this deal gets done. So let's break down everything... And let's see if I can, you know, take a chill pill and and just have this mild-mannered conversation. Here's the deal. I was sort of on Rob Manfred's side 
last time we talked about the MLB lockout, and I still kind of am. I mean, his job. Okay, here's the thing. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of baseball. Commissioners of sports, Roger Goodell, Adam Silver, Rob Manfred, their job is to protect the owners. The owners are the ones that get him into that position. His job is to then protect the owners. So Rob Manfred is trying to do his job and protect the owners. He's pro-owner here. Here's the thing that really gets on my nerves about Rob Manfred is he acts like he has no care in the world. I mean, he, he is almost actively ruining the game of baseball for his own agendas, whatever they may be, to, you know, to cultivate a league that feeds into average fans or feeds into, you know, just tries to continue to expand the fan base. What he's doing for baseball isn't good with all these rule changes and stuff like this. I think that this lockout was done on purpose because the lockout started December 2nd when the old collective bargaining agreement ran out. Negotiations didn't really pick up until last month. What the hell were you doing December and January? Sitting there taking the holidays off, enjoying the season? Come on now. Right. Now we're pushing back regular season games a year after or two years after COVID shortened the season mm-hmm. to 60 games. It's, what are you doing? Do you want to expand the game of baseball or don't you? Right. This, what you're doing is only hurting yourself. So what the owners are trying to hold out for is to make sure that they can maximize their profits to make up for what they lost in COVID. So what's the best way to do that? Oh, let's hold back opening day another five weeks. <laughs> let's drop the season to 110 games instead of 162. It must be cheaper than paying them. Uh, it must be. It, it must it, be. It must be. It has to be, right? Golly. It, and to your point, I, I feel like they waited through December and January really to put pressure on the players. Yeah. And the players are like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> there's been... Players called their bluff. Like, well, right. I'm not going anywhere. Sounds like there's been very little leeway on either side. Yeah. It's been... Yeah. But to your point, to make you feel better, Tony, just to bring you, you know, bring all baseball fans back to reality. So now instead of only getting to watch 2,430 games this year, <laughs> you get to still watch 2,340. So it's 90 games less overall. Okay. But you still get to watch over 2,000 games. All right. But what happens if no deal gets done, no deal gets done, oh, and then it, opening yeah. day gets put? Many professionals in this industry are saying opening day, they would be shocked if opening day came before the month of May. Oh, I mean, it'll quickly reduce. But yeah. at this point, it, it's going to just... Let's stay positive. I I'm trying to bring you back. The thing that really irked me, the thing that really irks me about Rob Manfred is that he's such a snake. Mm-hmm. He is. I mean, he just is. You look at, I wish I could show this video. I wish we had a video aspect to this podcast. But you look at the fact that he was laughing before his press conference and then he quickly wiped the smile off his face and got into his press conference like he was all down and dreary about it. What is there to laugh about? You are the commissioner of a sport that is failing, that is actively f- failing its players, its owners, and its fans. And you're laughing. You're like, yeah, I'm having a good time. We couldn't get a deal because they're hard-headed. Oh, but by the way, we just sat idle for two months and then decided to pick up negotiation talks right before spring training, right before opening day. You well, know, it, you know, I don't, I don't feel any remorse for you, Rob. You right. did this to yourself. There was, there was one point, too, before I let you get to this. No, you're fine. There was one point, too, where he was asked a question. I believe the question was on why the negotiations started when they did or something of that nature. Good point. Good question. 
But you know what Rob Manfred said? It's about nothing. He just about ate around the question and was like, yeah, so that's the answer. That's the best answer I got right now. He literally said nothing <laughs> that fit into what the question was. It was like, well, you know, because the players are, are wanting this and, and we are looking at the best options available and we're going to see when uh, we can do this. And, uh, you know, I, I had uh, uh, two eggs sunny side up for breakfast and then, you know, it's a side of toast as well. I put jam on the toast this morning instead of butter because I like, you know, I was feeling something sweet. So I put some grape jam on it and, you know, so that's why we that's why we waited till this, uh, you know, that's why we can't have an opening day and we'll see what we can do in the future. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> exactly. That's almost essentially what it was. Like, yeah. I would not have been shocked. If you showed me that answer and then played me an overlap of him telling me what he had for breakfast, and I would have thought, oh, that's the same answer because the same product came away from it. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Rob Manfred is, uh, you know, he's a good commissioner right now because he's standing up for the game of baseball in terms of the owners. I I didn't phrase that the way that I wanted to. He's doing his job because he's standing up for the owners. He's pro-owners, which is his job. But also, there's just that element of if you're a good commissioner of your sport, you wouldn't let this happen. You wouldn't do well, everything possible to not have games be lost due to this. You would I get think, this resolved. I think, too, part of the reason why he's getting so much like backlash is people generally assume that the commissioner is on the player's side. I, th- I think is kind of that assumption. Yeah. And like I think you this said, has opened a lot of people's eyes to that. Right. And, I, and exactly. And maybe the, this will. But like you said, he is pro owners, mm-hmm. and he always—that—that's just how that relationship exists. You know, the simple view is just a quick example here. People are like, "Why is Roger Goodell still the commissioner of NFL? He doesn't do a very good job. Well, he does a great job standing up for the owners. That's he doesn't, why he doesn't care about the fans. He cares about the owners. Well, I mean, to some degree, he cares about the fans because that's why he has a job. Yeah. But he's looking out for the best interests in the owners. Yep, which is what he's supposed to do. Right. And I want to mention, I think last time we had talked about this, we kind of defended the owners a little bit. And and maybe we took a middle ground route on the discussion as a whole, but to the point of this, this debate that they're having, there has to be some sort of middle ground. There's no way, and maybe they'll call my bluff on this, but there is no way that the owners are going to sit the whole season until the players agree. Yeah. That just won't happen. There, the way debates work is there's going to be, we want this. Okay, well, we want this. They're totally opposites of each other. Let's find somewhere in the middle. That's going to have to happen. So where I understand that, like, yes, you're an owner of this team and you have every right to make the money on it, you also have to, like, give a little bit to your players and the people that are the reason why you make money. Yeah. It's just, that's the reality of running a business. It's... It's just a frustrating point to be at, and it's a tough spot because there's no real end in sight. I mean, mm-hmm. It's like which side is going to give in first, and it's not going to be the players because the players are very firm to what they want. Not that they shouldn't be, but it just goes. It's I'm just pointing out that this isn't going to budge because the players are going to give in. I think. I think what'll happen is we'll get to a point in May where it's like, wow, we haven't played baseball yet, mm-hmm. and. Something's going to get put through. I don't know if it's going to be the longest lasting deal, but it'll be something where we'll try this until the next collective bargaining agreement mm-hmm. runs out, and then maybe we'll just put it up. I, something in me worries 
that some of these issues are just going to be resolved now. Like they're going to be duct taped until the next CBA runs out. And it could be years until it happens. Mm -hmm. But something within me just says that some of these issues, there's still going to be that tension between the owners and the players, which is going to boil over into the next CBA. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether that's years down the road or not, it just makes me feel like this isn't going to get resolved, truly resolved sometime soon. And I hate to be the person that, you know, brings this up, but part of the reason why we're in this scenario is partially on the players too. Yeah. This is a debate. And we we have no idea what they're you know what they're offering each other, but one has to imagine if they're not budging very much. It, like I said two seconds ago, there has to be leeway. So we really don't know what you know what deals they're going back and forth on. But the point is is that both parties are not willing to budge in either direction. The exact terms we do not know. There have been some figures thrown around. Has there? Okay. I don't know the exact ones, but I know I remember hearing about it because one side the players were at like let's just put this on a zero to one hundred scale. Yeah. The players were at like eighty percent mm-hmm. and the owners were at like twenty. That's what I'm so saying. They weren't That's, even close. Right. That's what they I'm were saying. Not even close. Like there has to be somebody that goes, Okay, let's think realistically here. Yep. We're not gonna get that number. No. Nope. And we need to budge a little bit. And people on both sides need to think like that. Yeah. Which it just it's not gonna happen. I don't know. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but Rob Manfred is I said it, you know, and I, I keep please go back and listen. I'm not one to beg, but go back to listen to season six of the Tony G show. Mm-hmm. Episode opening say. Will was off for that episode. And I ran solo. It was on opening day. It was about a year ago. And I talk about how Rob Manfred needs to step up this year. And make baseball better because it was the first year of 162 games since COVID, right? So that was the year. That was a, an episode where I called out Rob Manfred and they said, Rob, you got to do a better job than what you're doing right now. I think there's a lot that is riding on this year. Since that episode, a year later, I can't say that I am impressed with Rob Manfred and the job he's doing. I'm more worried than, than I am impressed. You know what they should do, Tony? Yeah. What's, what's that uh, the third party called when players are negotiating contracts with their uh, team? Like deliberation? Or oh, arbitration. Arbitration. Yeah. They need to do that. <laughs> Let's get somebody in for that. Bring it Bring it to a third party. Take it to like the Supreme Court. Get How quick would it, it would be solved, right? Yeah. Take it like the Supreme Court. Have nine people look at it. All right, tell you what. Bring it to the <laughs> Tony G Show. We'll decide. You, me, and the janitor of the Tony G Show. Christian will be in here. To make it an odd number, three people. We need to and cut. And we'll look over the we offers. Need, yeah, we need a cut of the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pay us to tell you how to run your. We announce every baseball game. Correct. So, in transitioning from sport to sport, moving to college basketball, we have another Wisconsin sports highlight. I don't think this has really caught on this segment, the Wisconsin sports highlight. We like it though, but we like doing it. Yeah. So we'll continue to do it until someone buys into it and gives us. A $40 million contract. I think that's the definition of insanity, right? Keep doing something, <laughs> expecting different results. Just keep doing the same thing and see what comes up. Yep. Wisconsin sports highlight. The Wisconsin Badgers basketball team sealed a Big Ten championship on Tuesday night with a 70-67 to win in Madison over Purdue. Second time they beat Purdue this year. Purdue was ranked number eight. Wisconsin was ranked number 10, so I bet there will be some shifting going on there. Mm-hmm. Chucky Hepburn with that last shot. The you bank know, was open. Purdue sank a three. To tie it, I, I think the Badgers sank a three, Purdue sank a three, and then Chucky Hepburn came down, banked one off the glass for three. Bang! Good! Badgers! 
Big Ten champions. Sounded like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. Chucky Hepburn, Hepburn went off, had a great game, 17 points, two assists. They they opened the bank up late. That's what it was. For just a couple of visits. It was a late bank. The bank was open. Speaking about calls, we'll get to that in a second because mm-hmm. there was a couple good ones made for this Badgers basketball game. But what I'm starting to pick up on and what I really like about this Badgers team compared to last is it seems like the role for each game shifts to a different player. You know, like Tuesday, Chucky Hepburn had a great game. Mm-hmm. There was a game a few weeks ago where Tyler Wall dropped 19, 2-2. Two two, uh, or that was actually Tuesday. I'm, I'm giving off his numbers. So Tyler Wall dropped 19, 2-2. Two two. It seems like he'll have a big game. He's had over 20 points in three different games. Uh, uh, Crowell had 20 and 7 at Minnesota. Davis, Neath, whoever. It just seems right. like there's a different guy that steps up and has a big game that helps the Badgers win. Well, and I think to your point, Tyler Wall... Maybe it was three games ago. Now he had like his career high. Yeah, like I just, you're right. It seems like they're just kind of like the, and not, and not in a bad way, but like in like a they're just when one player is being focused on defensively, they totally comfortable shifting the momentum of the offense to another player. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, Badgers teams from recent years, it seems like it's been Brad Davison, or it seems like it's been Demetric Trice. Very one dimension. Exactly, and it kind of reminds me of the. Final four days, you know, mm-hmm. with Decker and Kamitsky and Gasser, because there just would be different guys that would step up at different times. And all of a sudden, it was like there's so many outlets for points and momentum to come through that the, you just can't stop it. And I see that same type of mentality and atmosphere in this Badgers team that you never know who it's going to be that is going to step up on the court and drop 20 points, five rebounds, and two or three assists and have that big game. Which is part of the reason why it's probably so nerve-wracking to watch them. Yeah, probably. Because you really don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, or or if the player that's stepping up and having a big game is going to be enough to get the win. Right. The Badgers will conclude their season hosting Nebraska this coming Sunday. And for this game on Tuesday, you know, the whole SNC Talks thing is really picking up. Tomorrow is the big day. I rehearsed on Tuesday night there at, at the, the theater. And so I had to listen to the rest of the game on the radio and kind of follow along that way. And let me tell you this. Matt LePay, who does play-by-play for Badgers football and basketball, he'll step up sometimes to Bally Sports Wisconsin and do uh, Brewer games when Brian Anderson is out or when Jeff Levering has to do radio or whatever. Matt LePay does a fantastic job. He is just a wizard on the mic calling games. His descriptors, his, his descriptors, his pictures, his quickness, his calls. I mean, it just seems like he has no, he has no fear of what he says next. Like every word he says, boom, this is what happens, this is what happens, this is what happens, this is what happens. Sometimes when I call, I'm like, I'll hesitate yep. and try to think of the right word, boom, then it happened. And he's just... His flow is yeah. very... It's next to none. Nonchalant. Yeah. In like in a good sense. Like just seems seems easy. Mm-hmm. And then his final call of the game, when the, the clock ran out and the Badgers won... I think it was something along the lines of time to party, Badgers fans, you have a Big Ten champion or whatever. Whatever it was, it just encapsulated the moment. And mm-hmm. I was like, this guy is really good at what he does. So then I go on Twitter, and I watch some of the highlights of what it was like on TV. And Jason Bonetti, who does White Sox games for their TV broadcast, the Chicago White Sox of MLB, he had a great call too. And it was like, these two guys doing this game, if I can somehow emulate that, I just wanted to talk about that on the phone. So they did right. a great job in the game, did a great job announcing the moments and describing what was really going on. Hopefully Tony G will be like that. Some, yeah, some career inspo. 
yeah, inspiration. Really, inspo. That was very. That's very uh, Gen Z of you. It saved time. <laughs> <laughs> Abbreviating it. Uh, what's that? What am I thinking of here? Big dude on the office from the commercials I always see on TV. Why oh. say lot word when little word? Oh yeah, trick. Kevin Malone. Yeah. It's a lot of office references today. We've had two of them. One to start and one to end the show. Yeah, how about that? I like it. Uh, yeah, I know you do. I love The Office. <laughs> a lot of people do. I've never been one what? to like sit there and binge watch it, but oh. then I'll watch an episode or something on TV and I'm like, yo, this stuff's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now we're just talking about things that aren't related to sports in any capacity. Do you watch, uh, do you have Apple TV? <laughs> A long pause and then that. No, I don't actually. Because it's a sports related show. You got to watch Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Dude, it's so good. Highly recommend anybody that's listening. It's the coach that doesn't know listening. what he's doing and he gets a job coaching a soccer team, right? Yeah, he, Division two football coach and then he gets hired to coach a Premier League team. See, when I first heard of that, I thought it was like a... Like a fake show. Like oh, it was yeah. just like a like a like a skit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly I what did I thought too. it was. Reels and you it's in. a real thing and it's it, good. It's yeah, actually good. It reels you in. It's a good show. Is it like dramatic or Oh yeah, for sure. And is there's more funny? to it. There's more to it than just sports too, but there is a sports aspect side of it. And I think any fan, sports fan would like understand kind of the Jason Sudeikis, huh? Yep. Okay. Big fan. Have we switched into pod after the pod type mode here? Maybe. This might be cut out. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that Will says gets cut out anyway, so what's new? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, good show. Good show. Fun one. Yep. Uh, Two shows next week. Mike Walrick as well. An interview coming out for the Tony G Show interview. So SNC Talks. Check out all of that going on here at St. Norbert College, TonyGNation.com. It will is 5312 on Twitter at TonyGNation on Twitter. Find us everywhere. Let us know what you think of the pod. And we'll talk to you next week. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. This is the Tony G Show.